0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Cloud Kata, The Modern Infrastructure Show. This is Season 1, Anatomy of Modern Infrastructure. In this season, we are learning about how to construct the modern infrastructure of today through the 10-Factor Infra framework. And today's episode is about Factor 7, Security. So when I talk about security, I talk about it from a holistic approach on what is the goal that we want to achieve or anybody aspires to achieve when they're building a product or a service. And uh, if you look at any compliance or any regulatory needs or you know certifications that uh, you are asked to comply to, you will find one thing very common that all of them actually ask some commitment from us. And these commitments are not specific to what technology or tool or configurations you should be doing, but more about abiding by the promises that you have made to your customers. So. What are these commitments that a security policies asks for? These commitments are derived from five key trust principles or KTPs. The first one is security that means your system is protected both logically and physically against unauthorized access. So in short if you are promising your customers that your services are secured that means nobody who is unauthorized are able to will be able to access it you should be complying to that second is availability means the system is available for operations and use as committed or agreed to and herein i would like to make something very clear right it is up to the organizations or the service providers or product providers to define the level of availability nobody asks you to become highly available or to provide the services all the time it's up to you that you define your availability level so that means if you have said that i will be available 24 7 all uh, around the year then you will have to so you know commit you'll have to make sure that you deliver to that commitment Uh, if you say that okay i'll be available only during the weekdays and not uh, during the weekends then you will have to make sure that you uh, deliver that promise in short the level of availability that anybody is complying to the with respect to that, the system should be available for operations and use as as per your commitment or as per the agreement. So that is the trust principle of availability. Now, the third trust principle is processing integrity. So that means the completeness, accuracy, you know, the validity uh, of the system that is processing uh, the services, uh, the authorization uh, of the system. So that means whatever you have committed to, in your agreements that if you're saying that I my mobile application, let's say, for example, is uh, highly performant and uh, it, it is very uh, fast and you can do booking within five minutes, right, then you will have to provide that. That means the system prof- processing should be as per the commitment that you have made so the completeness the accuracy you know what kind of services you are giving is it accurate enough and uh, the validity of the data or the output that it is generating uh, the timeliness of uh, you know any kind of services or deliveries that you are giving and the authorization of the system processing so you will have to abide by that so that is what processing integrity is you will have to abide by the processing integrity that is being committed to the fourth one is confidentiality uh, which defines the system's ability to protect the information uh, which are designated as confidential as per the agreement right so not everything that you are creating or collecting is confidential you define which one is confidential right let's say for example um, your uh, customers uh, if you sell if you are a retailer your product information is not confidential so you will have to make it public so that is uh, you know not con- but your customers credit card detail are confidential you should not share it with anyone so that is what you will have to make sure that you ensure it uh, that the information which you have designated as confidential are maintained and the system is able to maintain that and the fifth one is uh privacy of course uh, similar it's very closer to confidentiality privacy means the information that you are collecting you would see that many people who are connecting uh the session data they are making sure or cookies they are making sure that they uh, tell you that you know your data is safe and we are not um, sharing with it with anybody etc and this is very important especially uh, not just for the you who are providing the services but also when you are purchasing a service from any service provider let's say you are using a cloud services so you can ask them uh, whether they are ensuring that the privacy of the data that they are collecting the or they are using uh, uh, you know is uh, truly Uh, private and it is not being shared uh, with anybody else uh, you know without your knowledge so these five Key trust principle really design the security benchmarks or policies that are required for any kind of compliances. Now there can be some uh, you know uh, differences based on the domains that you're working. Let's say uh, if you are on a retail domain, you might have to make something very specific in terms of. But those are implementation details, right? Uh, theoretically, any uh, security feature that are implemented, they are d- You know, derived from or are driven by, you know, by these five key trust principles that is security, availability, processing integrity, confidentiality, and privacy. So, it is very important before you design the security benchmarks or you're talking to someone, or if someone is providing you a security benchmark, you make sure that these five key trust principles are closely met. Because if you cover these five key trust principles, then you are going to make you are going to have a full fledged compliance and you know you are going to comply to most of the security benchmarks that are uh, being asked for and uh, trust me because uh, these i have worked with soc2 or pci dss or you know uh, uh, any uh, iso any any of these regulatory needs right holistically, these are the five key trust principles that uh, are the requirement for uh, any of these compliances or make sure you you pass the audits. Right. And uh, if you have a very solid foundation with these five key trust principles, then you are sorted. Now, uh, the objective of this a factor or security would be to design and implement a policy for your cloud cloud infrastructure and that is what i'm going to talk about next is uh, based on the industry accepted norms to get them ready for third party audits right uh, so what are what Uh, can you do to achieve these five key trust principles so i as uh, this whole season is about anatomy of modern infrastructure and we are uh, understanding the anatomy of modern infrastructure through the 10 factor infra framework which is a configuration framework for infrastructure likewise to achieve these five key trust principles i designed something called as 10 factor security so this Uh, gives a very crisp uh, you know uh, benchmark for us to build something otherwise you know uh, you you would not have a clear and crisp uh, policy definition anywhere everybody's security policies will be different you cannot just copy paste paste someone else's security policies to yours because you will have to make sure that it it not just complies with the requirement but also make sure that there is no unnecessary disturbance in the infrastructure because one of the very uh, important challenge that i'm going to talk about in the next slide is that how to make sure that these policies which are more or less theoretic are implemented on the practical level and then you generate reports and say that look to, this is the theory and this is the practic you know in practicality this is what it looks like and this is the result right now, what are these? Now, Remember those five key trust principles because whatever I'm going to talk about next will have a correlation with these five and will tell you how to achieve that or how to make sure that you curate your security policies and uh, describe it in that form. So I'll repeat the five key trust principles again, which is security, uh, uh, availability, processing integrity, confidentiality, privacy right security availability integrity confidentiality privacy now how to achieve uh, this in our infrastructure right with the 10 factor securities now what are these 10 factor securities i have spoken in much detail about the implementation uh, you know some toolings about it uh, from uh, in my previous episodes uh, so uh, you can check out most of them uh, so, the first one in line is identity and access management. Um, now identity and access management, uh, what you can do in here is role-based access controls for all of your you know, incoming access points like your accounts, web consoles, APIs, systems, servers. So, if you want to know in detail about how to configure this for your cloud accounts or web console API, uh, please uh, visit uh, episode number uh, five, where I talk about identity and access management. If there's a whole episode dedicated to it, so I have spoken in much detail about how to implement it. But overall, first thing that you need for uh, the security policies will be identity and access management. That's the first and foremost thing, you know. And more to be very honest, that's the easiest part to implement, uh, especially if you're not a greenfield project and if you are looking at security after you have gone live, right and that is the biggest mistake that most organizations do they look at security after they have they are already live to their customers and then they are hit by compliance but in most cases like let's say in banking or financial services you will have to first get yourself certified and then you will be allowed to go live so there is a certain regulatory uh, umbrella there so they are protected but in other cases where uh, let's say in retail or other cases you may or may not be asked for to certify before going live so that is one mistake that people do that they go live and then they uh, you know. Think about uh, security, or uh, in some cases, you know, uh, even before you go live, I would say that whenever you are designing your services or you know planning your business, you will have to add security in that pipeline as well, not just, uh, you know, how much uh, uh, your application or softwares, etc., but that. So the first thing that you can do and this is a bare minimum thing that you can do, I would say, if your infrastructure is too uh, complicated and it is difficult to, you know, uh, tune it. The first and foremost thing that you will have to look into is identity and access management and make sure that you have role based access control just do not uh, do a blanket uh, allow or deny. It should be based on rules, you know, Uh, every uh, you should group your people uh, incoming access from internal or external people and make sure that they have permissions with rules for the with their respective requirements, right? Like for accounts web consoles, APIs, Uh, and that will help you give a smoother or ease of access and which is also secure, right? Sometimes uh, what organization do is they just implement a security policies and that makes life of their developers very, very, uh, you know, difficult. So uh, I would not recommend doing that. Don't just go ahead and, you know, stop everybody from uh, allowing uh, any access. Instead, look at a fine-tuned rule-based access control and the second factor is uh, perimeter security secure your network systems and services the boundaries of it right and i have spoken in detail about how to design perimeter security for network system and services in my uh, second episode which is about the first factor which is network so you can please visit uh, the website or on if you have already subscribed to you can go uh, take a look at uh, the in detail factors of how to what are the design uh, factors that you can configure in your network systems and services so that you ensure that your perimeter is secure. The third one is system security, uh, which pre- widely covers your uh, virtual uh, you know, servers or uh, your managed services if you're using it. So that means hardening, patching, vulnerability scanning for operating systems and platforms. So you may be using self-managed services on virtual machines or, you know, cloud and instances or you may be using a managed services and you will have to make sure that you have a periodic check of vulnerabilities so that you do not end up having a zero day vulnerability now what is zero day vulnerability that means a vulnerability that is being declared but there is no patch which is Uh, yet formed for it right so you need to be very careful because those are very dangerous vulnerabilities and if you uh, are encountering some something like that you will have to make sure that uh you take the mitigation factors like you know you either don't go with that version or you know downgrade to a different version and a similar thing and i've spoken in detail about uh, what all can be done in in this regard uh, in uh, my episode number uh, three where i am where i talk about uh, the second factor which is the system factors right so i so far identity management uh, perimeter security, system security, then data security. Now, what comes under data security are protecting and securing your database uh, systems, your platform for data, basically securing your data at rest and data in transit. Now, what is data at rest? Data at rest is the static data which is residing in your systems or servers or you know your storage devices, let's say credit card uh, details, customer account details, customer identity, customers, uh, you know, unique ID cards, uh, you know, uh, health data, etc. That you are storing for, of course, your services and based on whatever requirements you have and you might have agreed with your customer on it. And if you have not, make sure you do that. Otherwise, it, it will be dangerous, right? Then data in transit, that means the transactional data, you know, when your data is leaving your, especially when it is leaving your, Uh, environment let's say you are using a switching gateway let's say you are using visa services so you are sending some uh, transactional information to visa and then it is coming back right or if you have a countrywide unique id database where you are uh, looking at or you are you are you are validating your customer data with and then, the, the of course, you are sending some transaction and information over there. So the, those information in transit, uh, which is not static, which is in memory, should also be protected, should be made sure that they are sent through uh, encrypted, secure channels, uh, authorized channels. So data security is very important. In fact, this is the for most important layer where you will have to secure it and I talk about more about it again in the uh, in in my storage section in in episode number uh, uh, four so you just go and uh, take a look at it Um, then the fifth factor is application security so what are uh, the areas in application security Um, security testing in application security apart from making sure that you are not using a vulnerable version of a programming language or any libraries it is very important that you have a security testing uh, uh, mechanism uh, which should also include auditing uh, and uh, process like penetration testing of the applications you'll have to make sure that you have a very frequent and scheduled uh, uh, mechanism that uh, reviews your application security and generates a report uh, with which you can go ahead and make sure that uh, your systems and services are uh, all uh, protected instead it's secure and it does not include any unnecessary vulnerabilities or unknown vulnerabilities it works and it is uh, you know performant basically it, it has to ensure that all your releases uh, or whatever features you are giving to your customers are uh, protected they are secure uh, their integrity is safe their confidentiality and privacy par- parameters are all managed so basically you need a process for release management so it may sound like what does it have to do with security so this is another thing right security is not just about hardening and patching and installing vpns and you know encryptions etc security is also to make sure that these configurations that you have done is carried forward for any future versions of your services. If your release management process, uh, if your security is not embedded in with your release management process, then it will be just a one time show and then it will not be it not be part of your in you know setup so it is very important uh, for security that you have a very well defined release management process and such that these uh, features like if you are ensuring that your uh, data at rest should be encrypted you will have to make sure that it is encrypted across your environments so that when you're releasing your software to a production environment, you know that all the security benchmarks are already in place and nothing is going to bypass them. Uh, Then the seventh one is logging and auditing. So very important is that to make sure that you have proper uh, logging and auditing enabled for servers, appliances, system logs. In fact, when you are enabling logging, Especially for security, you will have to also ensure that you activate audit logs or security logs. That means uh, who is logging into your systems. If you are using virtual appliances or if you are using managed services, you will have to see if they have the audit logs. You will have to capture it. You will have to monitor it closely so that you see that, you know, the processes or definition of security um, that you have set is always maintained and nobody is you know playing any funny uh, rule by bypassing it Uh, i have observed in many organizations that uh, to faster uh, to make the uh, development process faster people usually uh, set these rules and later on they set a skip Uh, step to it so that they can quickly release these softwares. but what that brings them to is that they end up releasing a buggy version a secure you know a vulnerable version uh, of a systems uh, to their customers and that is a very very risky uh, task so it is very important that logging and auditing are enabled and this is another important factor for or I would say a benchmark uh, task in your security policies. So logging and auditing is also very important. Uh, Then eighth one is reporting. So it's not just enough to log uh, uh, an audit, but also for report. You know, sometimes uh, auditing may happen once in a year, twice in a year, once in a quarter, right? But reporting has to happen proactively. That means if support, suppose something is not followed in terms with the definitions that is being made then uh, there has to be alert or a notification that goes out to certain uh, people who can take care of it right um, then uh, the ninth one uh, the second last one is availability uh, because it is also one of the five key trust principles so make sure that there are guidelines uh, or definitions made for Uh, uh, your availability what is the availability level and that is defined by rto and rpo so rto means recovery time object that means what are you committing to your customers during you might have seen people defining that we have an rto of four hours in a year that means we are uh, telling you that we will uh, our schedule maintenances there will be four hours of downtime uh, or to be more precise if suppose something happens we can come back uh, within 4 hours and then the recovery point object that means uh, from which point then so do in in terms of disaster we can recover from this point somebody defines 15 uh, minutes or you know um uh, 5 minutes so that means from the time of declaration of a disaster Uh, there can be a potential data loss uh, of five minutes or 15 minutes and that is the recovery point objective so very important that uh, these guidelines are set in in our agreements of availability and i will talk more about availability and what are uh, the various designs and models of availability that organizations uh, in various domains implement in my next episode which is only dedicated to availability so stay tuned for that episode but for now uh, remember that availability is one of the factors for security as well because uh, otherwise if there is a data loss then there will be of course you are not Uh, following the five key trust principles then the last uh, one is disaster recovery which is guidelines again the similarly guidelines for dr what is the definition of dr for you what are the rollback uh, and backups available so that you ensure that uh, you can recover from the disaster Uh, these 10 factors uh, although this is theoretical, uh, let me recap once again identity management, perimeter security, system security, data security, application security, release management, logging and auditing, reporting, availability, and disaster recovery. These 10 factors you'll have to make sure that these are embedded or catered to in the form of infrastructure as code and are version controlled, making every configuration change auditable and traceable. That means you will have to keep upgrading uh, your security practices. Maybe today you have uh, made sure that there is a TLS version. I think it's uh, 1.2. Tomorrow there will be 1.3. So you'll have to keep upgrading the uh, security softwares or patches, right? It's not just uh, you do it once and then you never touch it because every software, every configuration that you use to make sure that you have security uh, also are going through constant changes, right? So you'll have to ensure that these are updated. Now, when you do that, you will have to make sure that the previous state is intact and you are just appending to it. And that can only be done through version control mechanism. So all your security configurations, first of all, should be codified, should be in your infrastructure as code and should be version controlled. So you know that version 2.1 of your application had security patches. Then you might have Observe these in our software like Microsoft releases security patches, you know, Uh, there are other uh, like Apple does it right whenever they release a new version They will also have a section where they say, okay, they along with the bug fixes and all these are the security patches and sometimes we get you know Notification that please immediately upgrade etc. So very important that these are all uh, Written in infrastructure as code such that every time your environment is created uh, Uh, these principles are enforced and making it very uh, transparent to your client and customers and audit uh, providers and then you can say that look this is in in our system in our release process in our development process and you don't have to go through a long uh, checklist and make sure you know you come you convince them when you show things running live data it is more convincible than showing them an excel sheet data like now well, you may need to provide an Excel sheet for them because for most of the auditors, that's the format which is followed. But uh, the supporting documents or supporting uh, timelines and dates that you would show uh, with, will add an extra confidence in your um, declarations. right? Some of these, let's talk about some of the challenges uh, that... Uh, can be seen when these security policies and that's why security is a very complicated topic when it comes to infrastructure, right? Uh, First and foremost challenge will be automation of components, right? It's not impossible. It's just a little bit of effort that you will have to make sure. Let's say if you are building an RDS instance and uh, you have... Uh, complied that it will be encrypted. Encryption is a policy that you have committed to. You will have to make sure that your infrastructure as code for RDS has encryption enabled in it. Now nowadays it is very easy to uh, configure it through infrastructure as code. So automation of infrastructure components, uh, application compatibility, uh, sometimes some security patches may need uh, some may, may have uh, uh, you know uh, some massive uh, impact on your application compatibility as well uh, because I remember a couple of months back that latest version of TLS had compatibility issues with some nodejs versions and uh, so it is very important that you test it out uh, and if uh, suppose you identify that this is something not compatible with your current version of software and you need some time make sure you declare it to your auditors that look this is the plan this is what we want to do um, this is what we plan to do right uh, it is always good to declare it than to hide it um, and one most uh, thing is uh, most often cloud providers will give you vulnerability patching uh, features now be very careful about it because sometimes when you some of the kernel patches that will come that will enforce a reboot of the system now do not try it on your live system or do not auto schedule uh, updates on your live systems because if uh, suddenly it it reboots your system your application goes down it will impact your customer so always uh, i would say if you have not automated your systems in such a way that you are you have zero downtime deployments and i will talk more about zero downtime deployments in my next episode of availability um uh, so if you do not have a system like this it is better to make it uh, you know an on demand process of patching uh, so that you take a, a scheduled maintenance window uh, prior to this activity uh, then uh, sometimes portability across cloud platforms uh, uh, there is a challenge sometimes some security uh, tooling or uh, systems that you have implemented in one cloud may not be uh, compatible in other cloud or maybe some cloud provider let's say google gives you its inbuilt security scanning scanner and patching system which may which will not work with uh, AWS now if For some reason, if you have uh, a migration plan, uh, you cannot import that into uh, other systems. So you will have to find a match for it in that particular system. So this is one of the challenge, because uh, if you are uh, having a hybrid cloud setup, you will have to make sure that, you know, you also keep uh, it in pace with the cloud provider. Then the other would be continuous integration and delivery of security as code, which is also, you know, uh, in short, DevSecOps uh, is a fancy term for that. Uh, But what does it mean? That means uh, all the security uh, configurations are part of your infrastructure as code. Right. And they are uh, uh, always deployed as a part of any environment that you are creating. Let's say encryption, um, you know, SSL, uh, HTTPS uh, or uh, if you have MTLS, all these should be configured within your systems and uh, it should be just one time configuration of infrastructure as code and you implement it multiple times uh, don't uh, implement security separately as one in one environment because in that case you will be uh, you might miss out on uh, proper testing of the security features so um, enable it across all your environment right from your development till testing till production right so it is always better to fail early and fail fast so that you can fix it earlier Uh, testing policies on infrastructure and application is very important as i mentioned sometimes some of the patches may induce a forceful reboot of the systems or may change something drastically which might break your application right so it is very important that these policies are tested in your lower environments and before it goes to production uh, or your live environment Uh, so some of these challenges that you will face uh, but uh, mechanisms are always in place you will have just have to place an effort uh, a, a very uh, you know um, proactive effort of, of inducing security policies within your infrastructure as code now talking about uh, since we have spoken about challenges some of the solutions security solutions uh, which uh, can be implemented um, Uh, especially if you are on cloud we are talking about modern infrastructure so our focus is primarily on cloud native uh, setups so some of the security solutions that you will find are uh, vpns Um, there can be client to site or site to site client to site will be the most common one which you use to connect to your system from uh, you know uh, internal systems so always use a vpn when you're connecting to your internal system rather than exposing your systems to public internet and if at all, you are doing it, or if you don't want to use VPN, make sure that you have a security entry point, uh, in like a shield in front of your uh, sites. Because sometimes some tools, like say monitoring dashboard or logging dashboard, you would, you may want to skip the VPN path because that's like another hop. So if you're doing it, make sure you do not just expose. Uh, even if it is HTTPS, it is not safer. So if you make sure that you at least have an IP whitelisting of who can uh, access, who cannot. But VPN is always um, uh, a very secure way because then your users uh, can be anywhere and they can just connect to the VPN and they have access to the entire system or something similar to a VPN system, right? Uh, where you all of them logging to a common internal protected system and like a gatekeeper and from there they just access it. Uh, Then there are side to side VPNs, mostly people use side to side VPN as encrypted tunnels, these are encrypted tunnels between uh, one location and the other and these are always live unlike in client to site where you can disconnect and reconnect it's like from your machine you can disconnect and reconnect like a hop but site to site is more about two locations are connected always with an encrypted channels uh, there is no turning off turning on uh, frequently so this usually happens when you are connecting to any third party. Uh, Uh, system, and you want a very secure channel over the internet, uh, then you have side to side VPN. However, a recommended approach of connecting to third party could be a direct connection because most cloud providers give you like if you have between uh, AWS and GCP, you can actually opt for a direct dedicated link between your data centers. Uh, You might want to go with that, but it is expensive, but it comes to an extra benefit or or security uh, of actually performance because VPNs are over Internet. They do not guarantee you the uh, latency that you would need uh, between your systems and especially if you are uh, talking to critical systems like, say, uh, database systems, if your latency is more than one millisecond, then it will pose a serious threat on your data transactions, right? Uh, So very important. But VPNs are are more largely the secure uh, way of extra encryption of your channels. Um, Then there are firewalls, Uh, some people, some cloud providers will call it security groups, some call it firewall rules, firewall policies. But these are mostly uh, filtering out uh, or making sure that um, there is a a whitelisting approach rather than a blacklisting approach. So you deny everything and then you allow uh, based on your known or trusted parties. Um, the other one, other solutions that are available are SSL certificates, very important. And these have become like a norm or a mandatory things for any infrastructure. So even if you're in your development environment, make sure these features are enabled or are utilized to make sure that your security policies are well in place, right? Uh, SSL certificates for your service to service communications um, or uh you know a mutual uh, tls Uh, nowadays it's no more about trusted it's it's one step ahead with zero trust policies that means we don't trust anyone even if i know you let's make sure that we have some kind of validation mechanism so zero trust policies for internal service to service communication or external service to service communication then uh, there is encryption. So mostly when you are in cloud, uh, try to look out for encryption uh, mechanisms of data at rest and data in transit. Uh, so if if you have that, please, please enable encryption of data at rest because it is much safer, especially when you are on cloud and you don't know uh, where your data is getting cached at. So it is important that communications are ext- abstracted, uh, you know, within the cloud services and not... Uh, uh, within your account tiers are all encrypted uh, the other security solutions or if I may say it's a process is uh, penetration testing so you'll have to go through uh, you can do an internal penetration testing also there are a lot of open source tools available uh, but it is always good to have uh, it uh, tested by a you know certified uh, vendor so you can uh, also know whether what you are you know your application is over time your application will be going through a lot of changes so it is important that all these changes uh, are uh, tested Uh, every release is tested so penetration testing can also be part of your release management or development pipeline so you ensure that you are not uh, you know uh, skipping uh, any uh, security milestone And it is very important to to also create a security benchmarks, right? Uh, That means you have a checklist that you have to follow in your infrastructure and that is like embedded in all your uh, in your developers. When they are coding, they'll have to make sure that they do not uh, end up using any vulnerable library from the Internet and and whatsoever, right? So a security benchmark uh, which follows the five key trust principles. That means the system is protected. From any unauthorized access, the system is available, uh, you know, for operation all the time as as w- within the time frame that you have defined, or all the time if you have defined. Then the system's authorization and accuracy and completeness is uh, being followed. Uh, the system has the ability to protect the information that you have marked as confidential with your customers and also the personal information that you're collecting is all private and not being shared especially when if you're collecting uh, information regarding financial data health data etc So all these are security solutions that uh, by and large are used and uh, will help you to have a very uh, secure infrastructure plus these will also enable a very seamless access. So security is often looked out as you know something that will restrict right restriction and security goes hand in hand well not always true you can also put in restriction in a in a proper manner so that people do not feel that they are restricted. There are a lot of unnecessary access we end up giving to people and we just need to stop there and they, we need to make sure that what they need to access, they are able to access it in a secure way and uh, without any glitches. Right? Once we have done that, then people will even you know, not bother about what are the f- features that you have uh, implemented. So in, order, in, in short, if I have to summarize the security factor of 10 factor infrastructure or if I have to uh, summarize what's the, what is the role of security uh, in the anatomy of modern infrastructure and what should be done is that the security policies should be enforced in code as a first class member of the infrastructure, right? Like you would do for any versions, any software libraries, etc. You will have to make sure that security is part of the code and uh, such that it makes it default feature in every stage of application lifecycle, even if it is development in a dev box, right? Uh, and this there should be a version control security as code uh, to make it auditable and traceable. Uh, there should be a, a, a mechanism where your application version correlates with the version of the security code that you have implemented and why you have implemented. Um, you, you will have to uh, be confident that security settings are no longer mysterious or to be feared of. If you have the right automation uh, and the uh, impact of configurations can be ascertained quickly. In fact, it will make you proactive and it will not uh, you know uh, create a big uh, scare in front of you when it comes to audit. Uh, this approach uh, of security will permit, if you follow these 10 factors, uh, it will permit your portability across cloud providers as well as tenant-specific customization. Like if you have multiple customers, uh, you know, customer uh, account-based software, this approach of 10-factor security, as I have explained, will make sure that your systems are, uh, you know, portable, even if it is across the clouds or across your customers. Every customer gets the default security features that you have complied to. So with this, uh, this is a wrap uh, of our episode on security. I hope uh, I was able to provide you enough information about uh, security, how to secure your infrastructure. If you have any doubts or if you have any questions, please uh, do comment on the episode on cloudkata.com. I would be uh, happy to respond to your uh, queries and uh, uh, let's continue this journey ahead with the next episode, uh, which will be on availability. So stay tuned on Cloud and Enjoy uh, the anatomy of modern infrastructure through Trend Factor Infra. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Bye bye.